Adventures in Stereo presents Spinning Gold, final episode. Story by Charles Martin, narrated by Troy Anthony Small, and music by Gabriel Galeer. When Haley was 15 years old, she returned from a funeral to find the vagrant outside her apartment building. She didn't recognize him. In the past decade, his cheeks had become ashen and hollow. His hair had thinned and grayed, and his blue eyes now trembled from a touch of dementia. You are a murderer, the voice she remembered. Haley ducked her head and ran inside. From her bedroom window, she looked down to the street to see the vagrant returning her gaze. She pulled her curtain tight, turned off the lights, and spun a sad record on a stereo her father had bought her long ago. He pawned it twice to pay gambling debts, but her mother had bought it back both times. Healy reached into her heart to find the hurt, the anger, the vengeance. All she found was a cold, sick regret. She recalled memories of abuse, of shrieking fights, of tossed chairs, and her mother sobbing over how freely her husband flirted with insolvency. But those hardships were shoved aside by the image of Adam, standing astride her father's lips, looking down into the open mouth. The degenerate drunk hadn't even made it to bed before passing out and didn't feel the tiny golden man she passed his teeth, drop down into his throat, and lodge into his windpipe. Haley watched the death from across the room, from beginning to end. First, her father's eyes shot open. A mad, confused scramble, then an awkward attempt to force the obstruction out of his throat by punching himself in the stomach. Finally, a plea for help. He reached for Haley, but she only stepped back. He faded, like a candle reaching the end of its wick. He never even blinked during the struggle, and his eyes would remain open until the paramedics arrived to shoo Haley off into another room. For all she knew, her father could still be staring upwards inside his grave, shocked and unsure of what strange object had stolen away his sorry life. Haley's mother arrived late into the night. She still had black silk wrapped around the cast on her wrist for discretion. During the funeral, no one asked about it, but everyone suspected. Haley's mother was not drunk, but drained. She briefly cracked open Haley's door just to ensure Haley was home. The same sad song still spun on the record player. Neither mother or daughter made an effort to smile. The door closed, and her mother retreated to the other side of the apartment. Haley resented that even in death, her father could still make everyone around him so sad. Since Haley had first learned to spin gold, she devised hundreds of uses for her powers and her grand army. Most were self-serving schemes to provide a steady and extravagant income, but she also thought of many compassionate uses for her gift. She wanted to be a good person. She wanted to be a good an exceptional person. Instead, 
she'd become a murderer. She never believed herself capable of something so terrible until the very moment that her father died. Haley stuffed clothes and a toothbrush into her backpack, then left her room for the last time. She found her mother sleeping on the recliner. Haley noticed how frail the woman had become, as if the stress had eaten her down to just bones, veins, and sun-splotched skin. Haley laid a blanket over her mother, pressed a final kiss on her forehead, then quietly slipped through the front door. What's next for the girl who can spin gold, the vagrant asked as Haley emerged from the apartment building. I'm going to change the world. She was serious, but the vagrant laughed with a cackle similar to the distorted voices in cheap Halloween decorations. As a villain or a hero, he asked, delighted. Haley thought on this for a few moments. I don't suppose I'm the one to answer that. The vagrant laughed again, loud enough to attract the attention of the doorman. Haley motioned that she was fine, then looked back to the vagrant. The old, brittle man shook her hand with vigor. I just hope I'm dead by the time that happens, he winked. She pried her hands from his, then turned away from the vagrant, her mother, and the only home she'd ever known. The walk to the park was long but liberating. Her golden beings ran out from their bushes and drain pipes to assemble upon a rusted metal slide. They hummed in chorus, and she curtsied. She noticed how Adam glistened in the sun. Her army had cleaned the blood off of him, but to Haley, he would always be tarnished. I'm sorry that I asked that of you. Adam bowed slightly. I am with you now, though. Wherever I go, you will go, too. The golden beings stirred, looked from one to the other, then back to their queen. We will find a better home for all of us. But first, we will need money, and we will need it quick. That means we are going to have to do some bad things, just for now just until we found our way. Then, we will do good. We will do so much good. Life is hard right now, and when life is hard, we must make sacrifices. I promise you that it will be worth it. In the end, we will have made a difference. Tiny heads nodded. Eve climbed Haley's clothes, clambering up onto her shoulder. The golden woman pressed a small, cold kiss on Haley's cheek, then turned to the army and began humming. The others joined in. It was a song of coronation. Haley's heart glowed brightly. We will change the world for the better, won't we? Haley asked. But her army lacked the voices to speak or the knowledge to answer. All they had was trust. But to Haley, that's all she ever wanted.